not off. Like a million dollars. Let me check out that ring. What's up, TMZ? How'd you find me, bro? I got my disguise on. What's up, man? TMZ Sports. Right. Welcome to TMZ Sports. I'm Mike Babcock. Mojo will be uh, with us in just a few minutes, but there is an absolutely massive uh, UFC fight going down this weekend. UFC 292. And headlining that big card, of course, in Boston are the Bantamweights. We got Aljamain Sterling and Sean O'Malley. When you're talking Bantamweights and you're talking the UFC, who else uh, besides this guy right here, uh, widely regarded as the greatest Bantamweight ever, Dominic Cruz. Dom, brother, how are you? Oh, man, it's really good. Things are going well. Can't complain. Yeah, uh, and this is a, a, a great card this weekend. Lots of good fights, I think, up and down the card. Obviously, that, that fight at the top, though, with uh, with Aljo and Sean. These guys have sort of been uh, quasi-enemies of one another for a while now and uh, about to get their hands on one another. Aljo, favorite betting-wise, how do you see this thing going, Dom? Yeah, um, well, I mean, if we're talking about the analytics, it's – what I like about the matchup is that you don't hear O'Malley making up any kind of like false cities. He's just saying, look, it's simple. I've got two rocks on my hands, and if they connect, you're going to go to sleep. And besides those, I've got the jump knees. I've got the spin kicks. You can, you'll, I'll move you into my power shots. I'm very confident of that fact. Uh, that confidence, the things that he's done gives him that confidence from his uh, results. He doesn't make that up. He's, not, he's knocked a lot of people out in the division. So having that confidence is the key against somebody as dominant as Aljamain Sterling, who will take you down. It's proven he took down, he's taken down everybody he's fought. And once he takes you down, the, the difference is he can usually keep you there. And if you get up, he'll get you there again and again and again. And so the up and down thing and then the back control are his aspects. So you're looking at pure dominance and grappling as a specialist or, or a knockout, knockout artist and Sean O'Malley. So that's a fun fight. There's no way that this can't be fun, uh, especially because of the talking on the line. So all the things that O'Malley's saying is, you're not going to be able to hold me down. I'm going to knock you out first. Well, now he's got he's to prove that, and we've all heard it. And Sterling's got to prove that he can get him there and not get knocked out. I mean, they've all talked so much. That's what builds this thing. That's what makes it fun. That's what makes me excited about it. I'm so uh, proud to watch the Bantamway division develop. Yeah. champions like this they can fight at the highest level i'm such a dork that I, i'm just a fan no hey why wouldn't you feel like that as the guy who sort of built this division first ufc bantamweight champion i mean yeah why wouldn't you feel like that you should well, well you know pe people say that i think just so that for those that don't know that because i was just the first one to become champion in this division it, the the weight class didn't really exist until like around 2006 right so like it's so crazy that this weight class didn't exist right. at all, just like, you know, no time ago. Right. And now it's the, the biggest weight class. It's super crazy. Yeah, it's so competitive right now. What, 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 talk to me about the GOAT situation, because I think a lot of people still say, hey, Dom, with all he's done in his career, is, is still the GOAT. It seems like now you've got more and more people saying with, with what Aljo is doing and as he continues to win that, hey, maybe maybe it's Dom or it's Aljo. How do you see it, Dom? And, and I get that you're probably a little biased here. No, I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and try to defend something because the bottom line is I feel like people have an interpretation of a champion anyways. Like what makes the best champion isn't always the same thing to everybody. Then on the numbers, on the analytics, I think I'm a little bit ahead on the defenses because 
I was in the WEC, which merged in the UFC. So before the UFC even had the, before the, the weight class was even developed, I was already defending the championship a couple of times. And so now in the, in where it's at, Sterling is defending more than anybody. He's beating everybody. He's finishing guys. He's looking incredible. I want to see the, the records be broke. Records are made to be broken. I'm not here to be the only one and then walk away and say, I'm the only one that could ever be this good. I feel like champions are to develop weight classes, make the weight class better, see how much better it can get. Uh, they should be stealing all your tactics and then adding to it. And that's martial arts. It's like, how great can we get? How much better can we get? After Sterling, who's going to take all his tactics, all my tactics, and then make another level? Like, I can't wait to see that either. So uh, it's endless. And with that all said, Dom, you're still sort of writing your resume, right? Because you're, you're still a top 10 fighter. I, I haven't heard you say you're done fighting. And, and uh, there's some guys who are hurt ahead of you. Seems like you're very much in the mix with uh, with things at 135, aren't you? I've been, I'm still in the top 10. I've been in the top 10 pretty much my whole career. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to get my shoulder developed. I shot some stem cells in it. And, you know, that's been the history of my career is a lot of injuries. But at the same time, you know, I've fought a lot of fights. So I'm just doing the best I can get that right. And then, yes, I would I'm not done. I'm still on the roster. And I'm doing the best I can to get 100%. So that, but that's why I'm not talking about me. Like I'm talking about these guys. Yeah. These guys are out there putting their their butts on the line, um, competing right now at a very high level. Uh, they're they're championship level fighters. So I'm excited watching right now. And when I can get back in the mix, I'll be honored to get back in the mix with the top ten because those guys are all champions as well. They really are. Uh, anybody in the top ten has that championship mindset, and they were there. Top five is like they were already probably a champion in some other organization. Right. Top 10, man, cream of the crop, best in the world in the UFC. And anybody who has watched uh, the UFC uh, and your career obviously knows that would not be a shocker to see you at the top of that division again. Dom, thank you, brother, for your time. I always appreciate you. We cannot wait. Uh, nobody better to hear about UFC 292 than, than Dominic Cruz himself. Thank always, you, brother. Always good talking with you, buddy. Thank you. All right, Mojo, uh, moving on. Welcome to the show. I have moved from my desk, Mojo, to the stage, and we have traded in Dominic Cruz for the great Mojo Mutati. Uh, Mojo, we obviously were just, oh, we were just talking to Dominic Cruz about UFC 292. It's a massive card going down this weekend, Saturday night, in Boston, and those two men right there are the guys anchoring this card, the main event, the challenger, Sean O'Malley, versus Aljamain Sterling, the champion. They've uh, been rivals of one another for years. There's been a lot of crap kind of talk both ways, Mojo, and now they're about to get in that octagon and beat the hell out of each other, Mojo. So like we do when there's a big fight, why don't we do some picks, Mojo? Uh, you want me to go first, you say? Yo, you're first, All right, pal. Let's see what you got, bad All guy. right, I know you nailed the Terrence Crawford pick. Uh, no, no, you Ooh. didn't. You got that wrong, but you nailed the Jake Paul pick. You got <laughs> that. You you absolutely nailed that Jake Paul by decision. So here, I'm, I'm looking to, to come back here strong. Look. We got O'Malley, great hands, better standing up, although Aljo's not bad on his feet, but but Sean is great standing up. Aljamain Sterling, though, wrestling, grappling, this guy is the man. He's him when it comes to that. I believe that ultimately the, the fact that the fight starts Mojo on the feet, I think that Aljamain Sterling will be able in a five-round fight to get Sean O'Malley down to the ground, and I think that Aljamain Sterling wins by decision. 
Okay. Sterling by decision. decision. We can't agree on the same thing. I mean, (laughs) you just made my decision for me. So (laughs) give me O'Malley. I like the fashion choices he made. The hair. The vibrance he brings to the octagon. So I'm taking him to maintain this massive, massive win streak (laughs) that I'm on over you of one win. Mojo, James Harden. Uh, We talked about James earlier in the week. Remember, he was in China. He was on this Adidas tour, and James Harden said he would never, ever again play for a liar, Daryl Morey, the 76ers president. And now, Mojo, everyone trying to figure out what's going to happen with James Harden. James Harden is due something uh, like uh, $30-plus million this upcoming season. And the 76ers say they are not going to trade James, which is what he wants. And James says again that he is not going to play for the liar Dowell Morey. So something's got to give, right? Well, maybe the guys could piece up the relationship, could repair the fracture in the relationship. Or is that not an option? Well, James Harden touched back down in the States, in Houston to be exact. He was asked that very question, you know, could this relationship between you, Maury, and the 76ers be repaired? Take a look. Do you have an open line of communication with, with the 76ers and how much patience do you need to have to, to let this play out? I'm just, I'm, I've been patient all summer. So uh, for me, it's just uh, focus on what I can control and that's, uh, you know, working out, staying in shape and uh, getting ready for a good season. Too late to repair the relationship? Uh, I think so. So, Mojo, what happens if he says, I'm not going to play for them, they say we're not going to trade you, and James doesn't want to sit down and lose $33 million, what do you do? I think you said it best, Babcock. Something's got to give here. It can't go yeah. on uh, under this certain set of conditions. Harden says he wants out. The Sixers said they won't let him. Somebody is going to have to retract their statement here at some point. Now, granted, we do have a little bit of time. It is the offseason. Regular season doesn't start for a couple months. So there there is enough time to figure out this situation. I'm going to say, you know, I'm listening to this interview from James Harden, and it sounds to me like under the current set of circumstances, I want out and there's no way I'm going to play. But I got to think that just reading between the lines here a little bit from the outside, I'll admit, I don't know if Daryl Morey ponied up, you know, made an extra effort to make amends here to improve James Harden's circumstances. I'm not talking about financially necessarily, but just personally doing something uh, to, to kind of, to just sweeten the pot a little bit. Exactly. I, I don't know. I feel like maybe that that could be the ticket here. I mean, bottom line is if you're the Sixers, you do not want James Harden going anywhere. I mean, what was the last time they went to the conference finals? Like the 2000, yeah. 2001 season? It yeah. was forever ago. And this is a team that also has them beat. So you got to think with this team, they can finally snap that terrible streak that they're on. But... Yeah, I, I got to think at this point, balls in Daryl Morey's court. It's kind of on him to figure this thing out. Coming up next on TMZ Sports, could Marcus Jordan and Larsa Pippen be getting ready to tie the knot? Well, we're going to talk to the couple and ask them that very question. That's next on TMZ Sports. 
What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Welcome back to TMZ Sports, Mike and Mojo. Mojo, it's time for one of my favorite segments, a segment that I love. We love it, Mojo. While uh, Britney Spears and Sam Isgari, her husband of only 14 months, while they are splitting up, Mojo, we may have a, a new couple that is uh, about to enter wedding bliss, Mojo. Uh, I'm talking about Larsa Pippen and Marcus Jordan. Of course, Michael's son. I don't think I even need to say that anymore, but Larsa Pippen, Marcus Jordan, Mojo were out a little bit earlier in the week in West Hollywood. Uh, they were leaving a restaurant. Uh, the cameras were on Mojo and they were asked uh, whether or not there could actually be wedding bells in their future. And sounds like it. There's a possibility of, of a marriage happening between you and Larsa. We're looking for a location. Looking for a location? We're looking for a location. Do you guys, oh, do you guys have a date? It's in the works. In the works, in the works? Yeah, well, congratulations, man. Thank you. Mmm, Mojo. It sounds like they're saying everything besides they're engaged. Like, they're, they're, they're going to do this. They're going to get married. Yeah, Babcock, this segment is called We Love It. But I can tell you there's probably at least two people that don't love this. Scotty and Michael. Oh. Yes, yeah, Scotty and Michael. That is exactly who I'm talking about. Um, if this wedding were to occur, wow. I could guarantee at least one of these two men would not be at the wedding. As for Michael, spoiler alert. Does he go? I mean, obviously, he isn't thrilled with this relationship. Yeah. We've talked about this multiple times before, all in hilarious fashion, I will admit. Does Michael go? I got to think he's probably going to be there for his son and suck it up, even though he doesn't want to be there. But yeah. it is what it is. But, yeah, I mean, that was a very <laughs> definitive statement from Marcus. You didn't hear Larsa really chime in or no. say anything, just hopped in the car and kept it quiet. So. Hey, maybe that's something to note. Maybe it's not. But, yeah, if you're asking Marcus, yeah, this thing's a done deal, pal. Yeah, it, it really does sound like it. And normally the 
ex-husband wouldn't obviously be at a wedding if his, his ex-wife is getting married to somebody else. But in this situation, Scottie Pippen has been around Marcus Jordan almost his entire life. Marcus Jordan was a youngster probably running around the Bulls practice, and he knows Scottie Pippen well. So I would, I would think before he started dating his ex-wife at least that Scottie was probably like Uncle Scotty to Marcus Jordan. But yeah, Mojo, I... I wouldn't count on Scotty attending the wedding. Yeah, Uncle Scotty was many moons ago, Babcock. <laughs> that title was stripped a very long time ago. Is your bitch coming back? <laughs> I like that, I like that. Of course, that was the great Marshawn Lynch, and it's my, uh, my favorite clip uh, with Beast Mode, one of my favorite TMZ clips ever. That was great. Anytime Marshawn Lynch is in front of a microphone or a camera, it's really great. And uh, that was the case this week, Mojo. Of course, uh, people may have seen Slam Ball is back. Of course, Slam Ball, it's like basketball, football on a trampoline. It's, it's awesome. And what makes it even better? Well, actually hiring Marshawn Lynch to do the commentary for the championship game. That's what happened. So the, uh, the mob beat... Beat the Slashers mojo for the championship. And again, beast mode on the mic. Take a listen. This is why the line was a little lower than most people. Oh, oh, what a hit! What a Oh, my If goodness. this was Sonic, all his coins would have been knocked out right now. And you would have been hearing him say, come out. You're the perfect guy. What a physical game. This is a physical. Oh, City Mode is back pockets. City Mode is it seems like a game that Marshawn would be good at, not, not uh, commentating, playing. Yeah, right? By the way, in the professional wrestling world, we call that move the pounce, and it is oh, that, that one. You'll feel that one the next day. Doesn't but feel good, huh? I'm, I like the way Marshawn described it even better, and that was actually one of my finishing moves for a long time. The, the Sonic the Hedgehog losing all of your rings. Bing, 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 bing. Yes. <laughs> That's that's the name. That's the whole name. Don't shorten it whatsoever. Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> He's the best, man. This is a guy that should just be on commentary for every sporting event or just any event of any kind. He needs to do a reality time. show, Mojo. I, I need I need a Marshawn Lynch reality show. You know, he'd be good as a sideline reporter, someone out in the field as well. I mean, yeah. you can deploy this man to do any job and it will just be... More entertaining than just about anyone you can find to do anything. <laughs> Marshawn is the best. All right, Mojo, moving on from Marshawn Lynch to the dude who was his coach, the guy who did not give him the football in the Super Bowl. Anyway, Mojo, we've talked about that enough. Uh, Pete Carroll, he's 71 years old. He's still regarded as one of the best NFL head coaches, uh, despite that call in the Super Bowl. Well, Mojo, he was at training camp this week. Look at him. The guy looks like Patrick Mahomes out there. 71 years old, playing quarterback. Look at Pete. Still got it. Run it uh, on the move. Look at this. Throwing across his body. Pump fake. Look at that. Beautifully placed football. Still got some speed, too. I'm, I'm impressed, Mojo. Oh, yeah. I mean, the guy's a pocket passer, pal. I mean, <laughs> his arm is looking a little bit better than his mobility. But who am I to say that? I'm not 71 years old, Babcock. If I'm 71 and I'm still able to move that much after all these beatings I've taken for decades, brothers, sign me up for whatever he's doing. 
Uh, 71 years old, very impressive. And it's, this is what you want to see when you're, when you're a player in camp and camp sucks. Yeah. Everybody knows camp sucks. It's the worst time of the year. It's brutal. Uh, it's, if you can get your head coach out there mixing it up, having a little fun, it's just that little bit of mental levity, you know, just making practices a little lighter, a little less long and yeah. grueling. I mean, this goes a long way. And if you're the coach and you can flex on your team and show them you still got it and it's not as yeah. bad as they're they're whining about, <laughs> also a good a good thing too. Pete throws a nice spiral. I, I've got to give it to him. And I, and I will say this. I think there's been a, a trend. There's been a turn towards younger coaches in the NFL. Pete, one of the oldest, if not the oldest, don't have that off the top of my head, but – uh, he may be 71. The guy, obviously, he moves like he's a lot younger. And he's got the all-white bodysuit on. <laughs> not, uh, not a bad fashion choice for camp. Uh, I'll throw that out right. there, too. Stay cool. All right, Mojo, we are just about out of time, obviously. Uh, big UFC card this weekend. Uh, we'll see who's right on those predictions. Mojo, uh, we got a good show for you Monday. Great clip, though, with Sharif O'Neal. Sharif O'Neal, obviously, Shaq's son, who happens to be really close friends with Bronny James. Obviously, Bronny James dealing with uh, the, the terrible medical incident that he went through with the cardiac arrest at USC. A lot of people questioning whether or not Bronny James is ever going to be able to resume his basketball career. Well, Sharif O'Neal has very strong feelings about that. Will Bronny be able to play or won't he? Sharif O'Neal, he's the guy that would know. We'll ask him. On Monday, Mojo, a bunch of other big things, best video out there. Going to be a great, great show. Oh, yeah, with Sharif O'Neal giving us the scoop. It'll make Monday the best show since Saturday.